Hello and welcome to episode 256 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello. Colin, we are doing the, probably the latest night of um, Three Beer recording ever. It's This is this is insane. This is like turning to pumpkins for us. This is half ten at night, you know? It's like... <sighs> It's it's scary. I'm not been up this late talking to anyone for God knows how long. To be honest, going to bed and nightmares now. Yeah, the man's still talking to me. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's it's very late, isn't it? Due to circumstances, we've had to had to play a risky time slot tonight. Yeah. So. We'll see who falls. Who knows where this can go? You know. Well, I was going to say we'll see who falls asleep first, but that's also a possibility <laughs> as well. It's about old men and we will nap. Um, <laughs> Emo is late night. Are you having anything to drink? Um, of course, um, yeah. I'm having a drink called. Um, I've just seen this one for a serve today, and it seems an Asda kind of thing. Mad Madre, Madre, Madre. It's it's like Madrid without the D. Yeah, yeah. And it's a Spanish beer that tastes like a Spanish beer, yeah. which means it tastes like dirty water. Um, it tastes refreshing, refreshing. No, it tastes a bit more. It's like I can imagine sipping it out of a straw out of the sink. So, yeah. <laughs> what if you pick this one? Was it the cheapest beer they had, essentially? No, I just no, I just thought I'd try something different. Um, I, the, the only Spanish beer I've kind of had that I think is okay is, uh, is it Modelo? Is that a Spanish beer? Yes. I think? There's a kind of wee stubbier one that's quite yeah. nice, but all of that, they're all horrible. Sorry, Spain, but you're, don't, you're yeah, crap. Beer. you know why yeah. the water's not good. The Spanish water, yeah, Spanish yeah. water's bad for you. But but then like Mexicans make such good beer and they talk the same language. Mind blown. Boom. <laughs> you know there is also a, a large <laughs> ocean between them. You know so. Oh, better water. Possibly that could be. Yeah, well they they put the Rio Grande and all kind of run into them and the you know the, yeah yeah all know, that better rivers. Cowboys peeing in it and all that. That's, um... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, the, maybe the soil is better for the ingredients, but I've, I've never really had any Spanish beers. I can't really speak for Spanish beers, unfortunately. Have you, have you not? Yeah. You no, not, not really. I don't think so. San Miguel and stuff like that. I've had San Miguel, but I mean, that's yeah. that's just generic to be honest. It doesn't really taste like much. To be that's honest. what Spanish beer tastes like. Well, right, okay. It tastes like San Miguel, just a varying degrees of dirtiness. No, okay. <laughs> I will, I, will, I, will continue, I will continue to avoid Spanish beers at this point in time. What are you drinking? I am drinking one call from the Freedom Brewery. Hello. Oh yeah! Oh. Fight, fight the power and all that kind of stuff, mm. um, which is based in Bromley, which is down between somewhere between um, sorry, Abbots Bromley, uh, between Sheffield and Birmingham. Um, so it's an English beer, four percent. Don't want you really going any higher than that at this time of night because God knows you know don't want to be too rowdy. Um, but very nice, very refreshing, <laughs> very crisp, and very light as well. It's one you get it's it's also a very weird star on it because it's not like. It's got a weird amount of points on it for a star, isn't it? It's, it's, not, like red, like it's not like the Red Star of Freedom or something, you know, one of those kind of things, like sort of the Union Star, but only it's blue rather than red. I don't know. It seems like it's got too many points, so it's quite, quite unsettling. Is that a wee bit unsettling? It's better than Nova Star, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a wee bit. Yeah. A wee bit not. But yeah, it's it's one of the ones you could probably, you can imagine drinking a lot of it on like a nice sunny sunny day um, yep. we've had recently. But this is, I've got a little, i got a beer box for my birthday, so I've got like four or five beers that I can have on that over the next four or five weeks just to keep it interesting. Just just to always outdo me. This one's very generic, but it's very nice. It's very nice. Very yeah. simple. Yeah. But very drinkable. Very drinkable, especially at this time of night. Um, <laughs> what have you been watching at home? Anything of interest that's, that's passed hmm. over your eyes in the home? A few things. Um, I've been watching Only Murders in the Build. Still enjoying um, it? Still enjoying it. Well, this week's episode was 
probably the most generic and bland of all. Okay. Do, you, do you know, like they have filler episodes? Um, that this was most definitely a filler episode. It, right. it kind of never really went anywhere. Never really expanded much in the, the overall story arc and stuff right, like okay. that. And they, 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 to, they've got a contract for eight episodes, and you get to eight episodes, the story yeah, doesn't demand it. Yeah. Um, seemed to introduce characters that that were like kind of why? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's also bringing back a lot of older characters. And again, we are like, why? Um, that was purpose, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, like, I think the last season had one or two episodes like that as well that were a bit meandering, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but it wasn't it. I mean, it did have its nice moments in it. Um, kind of Steve Martin had a few really nice moments where shows that he can act, do you know what I mean? He has a good yeah. acting and stuff like that. So it was Steve nice. Could always act. We always knew Steve Martin was better than just a, he's not just a comedian, he is an actor as well. Yeah, yeah. And he kind of shows that initially. He does have some, some kind of touching moments and stuff like that. But yeah, overall, not too bad. Um, and the you think, you know, thing, it has been announced that we'll have a season three, by the way. Oh, interesting. I wonder, wonder. Well, but I suppose we need to share this one because it's the season three. It's this thing, but yeah, the, the push and push and make more seasons, and it just dilutes and dilutes till you get to a point where it's just absolute terrible. So, it can't be a money yeah. thing because, like, I'm pretty sure Steve Martin, um, Martin Short, and uh, Selena Gomez. I imagine, well, pretty, I imagine they're pretty well set. Yeah, plus they're all executive producers as well, so they must be pumping their own money into it, I would imagine. No, executive producers are not pumping their money into it. They don't know, but they they'll be so it's more they'll be creative producers in terms of like how the direction of the show goes and just sort of you know, sort of they feel like they've got more of a voice in the writer's room, is it? They're not gonna be credited. I think Martin's credit is a writer on it, isn't it? Or a creator of it, isn't he? He's co-creator uh, or something. Steve Martin, yeah. Yeah, yeah but the rest of probably want a voice in the, the writer's room like, so they can like, sort of push the direction. But I do not imagine they're putting the money into it. I imagine it'll be all um, Disney money, yeah, all of it, yeah, yeah but, but it, I yeah. hope, I, I hope if they do a season three, it's not you know to the detriment of quality, um, because yeah. we've seen it happen with shows before. I mean, quality over quantity, and it's just like, bleh. yes, it, it, it never works. And um, Pam and Tommy is the other big, big watch for me. Um, I've not binged it, but over the course of I'd say four nights of, of kind of rounded it off from start to finish. So this is a story of, this is essentially the, the kind of love affair of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee from Motley Crue. Yeah. Does it, and then it sort of has them making the sex tape, doesn't it? Um, it doesn't, no, it doesn't really show them making it. It's all about how the sex tape... I ah, sorry, so you I, see the, the sex tape becomes about, so it's, it's in that part of the relationship, it gets yeah, stolen, and yeah. how that becomes in the public domain, essentially, and, and yeah, how, that's, uh, how she's exploited for it. Yeah, what, what it does to the relationship and, and kind of the aim and... and yeah, just exposes you to the seedier side of Hollywood. Yeah, um, I, I guess. Um, so it's got um, everybody's favourite Sebastian Stan. Yep, Lily um, and Lily James. Lily, Lily Collins. Lily James. 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 Okay. Lily James is in it as well. Unrecognisable as Lily James, and I've got to say, both of them do stellar performances mm. as the two leads. Um, she looks like Pam Anderson. Um, Sebastian Stan, probably because we are massive nerds and we know him as the Winter Soldier, you can always see Sebastian Stan under the character. Um, but in terms of the character and kind of interviews I've seen with Tommy Lee and stuff like that, he's doing a really good job of... He's, he's getting the ethos of who he was, oh, essentially. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, Seth Rogen um, is, pops up in it as well, um, mm-hmm. as the, the fella that stole said sex tape. Um, they can't really spoil this because it's real life. You can't spoil real life things, can you? Yeah. Um, and th- th- there's kind of other various famous faces popping in and out of it. Um, Andrew Dice Clay's in it. 
um, the Dice Man. Oh yeah, so that yeah, yeah, he, he's in it as well. But um, overall, really, really, really good. Um, genuinely well acted. Um, the story itself um, it doesn't go exploitative, but it is quite outrageous um, and quite shocking at times as well. Um, it doesn't hold back in any way, shape, or form um, on showing the lifestyles and stuff like that. So there's lots of sex, drugs, rock and roll, bad language, violence, stuff like mm. that. I mean, it's kind of full-on R-rated shit, which I was really surprised at as well because it's a kind of Disney vehicle um, as well. Mm. And yeah, just um, I think seven episodes. Um, yeah. Over and done, and you know, from start to finish, just really, really, really fun. Um, time shocking, um, at times uncomfortable watch. And well, definitely, I think that's my problem time. with it, but put me off a little bit when I, I was actually quite intrigued to watch this based on who's in it. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the, the, the actors who are in it. Um, mm. also, I watched that film, The Duck. Remember that one, the Motley Crue film? So, I was kind of intrigued by the kind of they are a kind of pretty outrageous band, they're pretty much the, the outrageous of outrageous, essentially. Yeah, um, so I was quite intrigued to see it. But what really put me off, it, unfortunately, was the fact that Pamela Anderson has no involvement in this. No, Tommy Lee, I think, signed off on it, but she was she was which that makes me feel awkward when they're talking about how this woman was exploited, but not getting her sort of allowance to, to talk about it. So it feels like it's, it's like it's an ex- exploitation on top of that a little it, bit. It, it genuinely treats her with respect. That's good. Um, well, that's that's good. That, that for, you know, it, obviously it's dealing with how she was exploited and yeah. it's dealing with that side of it. Um and you know, it, it could just be a tits and ass, you know, TV show. It could mm. easily do that, but but it, it, it doesn't, you know, it gives the characters genuine personality. Um and it you understand, you know, what she went through and what it done to her and stuff okay. like that as well. That's better, um, that's, so, that's, that's better yeah. I hope then. No, de- de- do they approach the barbed wire era? You do? Oh, yeah, do they? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited by that. <laughs> but but Bob was uh, slap bagging in the middle of this whole scandal. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, they, they kind of show um the premiere and stuff like that. Bob Wire um kind of talk about it a wee bit and stuff like that because this was her big kind of hope at breaking through the box office and you know becoming a big big movie star. So kind of that was a breakout t- from um she was trying to get away from like Baywatch. Also before that she was yeah. just Baywatch, wasn't she? So that was a kind yeah. of to prove yeah. that she can be like sort of the vehicle that could launch a film. And it turned out she didn't really have that, to be honest. I don't think Barbara yeah. done particularly well. Yeah. I enjoy Barbara for all the wrong, all the right reasons that a, a you know, a it's pure, 12-year-old it, it, boy might it, enjoy Barbara, to be honest. It's pure slock. Um, yeah. you know, but I think it's, it's I think comic book fans are probably more forgiven of Barbara than, than yeah. the average movie movie goer, um, for obvious reasons, and because it's comic book movie um but no it, it, it does kind of paint you know her in a very sympathetic but good light as well okay. and you, you know it takes you on a journey and you do you know you do feel for these characters um not always there are times when you know they're, they're hollywood assholes are rich and famous and yeah you know but at no point does it make you feel that she deserved what right. happened and what went on so definitely I thought, like, that, that puts my mind at ease a little bit. I'm, I'm more intrigued to watch it now rather than um, um, not. Seth, Seth Rogen was surprisingly good in it. Seth kind of continues to, to blow me away do you know, with yeah. stuff because he's Seth Rogen. You just always think Seth Rogen just a big goofball. Um, and then he just does shit sometimes and you're just like, 
weird. You know, he's just got range. He's, 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 got a, he's, lot, he's a lot smarter than people give him credit for. And I think I'm oh, going to read through his book, but um, yeah, I think he's a lot smarter. People give, you know, because he produces the boys, he produces... Um, yeah, uh, yeah. He's producer on this as well, doesn't he? Yeah, So he's a lot smarter people give him credit for. He's, he's taking a lot of control of his own career, which I think is something a lot of people don't do. Um, you know, they sort of they sign off on a lot of things. He's been very conscious of like his image and who he is, and he's you know sort of he, he's worked that right. And I think he's got a good producing partner, I think it's Evan Oh remember, yeah mm-hmm. I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember his name but I yeah. think that's a, a a good relationship they have together that sort of allows oh, them to do it and um, Nick Offerman turns up as well Always happy to see Big Nick yeah. Seeing this to Lorraine I was like because um, I think Lorraine only, only really knows him from Parks and Recreations but yes. I casually mentioned Lorraine like, in every film I've seen him in he, he always wears like outrageous shirts, awesome shirts, and she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I, I, you know what I mean, don't you? He's yeah, I think almost like Nick, almost the like parts and rec is almost like the and the, the opposite of what he is a little bit in a way, but, yeah, but yeah. everything he plays is very different from that, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I always, whenever I see him, I just associate him with, you know, a kind of flowery Hawaiian shirt, and, yeah. you know, that, that to me, that's Nick Offman, and again, and this, he just turns up when he's Nick Offman doing what he does best, you know what I mean? He just comes in and, you know, Cheers up the whole thing and then fucks off again. I think so, I always think of more as, as a dad and me, Earl the Dying Girl. That's what I think of him as in, mm, in that. He's, he's a well. dad in that. That's what I feel. Yeah. That's right. Again, but that total chill, shall we, character. More stoner than he is, no, staunch <laughs> yeah. Republican, essentially. Yeah, you know? oh, for sure. Uh, but no, seriously, watch it. Um, you, you won't be disappointed. And it, it really, really surprised me as to, to actually how good it was. Um, and it does, you know, it takes its time to, to let the characters kind of breathe and, you know, you kind of. Going a journey with him and stuff like that as well, you know. So it doesn't rush it along, and it's it's not exploitative at all. So don't have any fears about that. Cool. It's really I will definitely, I'll definitely add it to the list to watch quicker than what we're expecting. Then, yeah, yeah. Um, that's pretty much me for the. I watched the boys, the the, the kind of cartoon series. Mm-hmm. Um, the boys presents diabolical. Um, two of them are great. Six of them are pretty shit. Yeah, um, I've started watching the boys season three. Um, enjoying it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's good. Like I said, I was saying to you off mic. I think people who have not read the comic are a little bit more surprised by this than we are. And um, to me, it just feels like the, it's it's outrageous of the comic, which I'm all kind of for, and that's mm. why I read the comic. I enjoyed that insanity of it all. Yeah. Um, Homeland are still the 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 MVP of it, but I am enjoying the internet thing right now. You're, you're not on social media right now. Although a lot of people realizing that Homeland is a baddie. There's a big kind of movement of people thinking Homelander was some way like sort of like the misunderstood like hero of this whole thing. You know, he's like sort of really. Like, oh yeah, there's a massive like stand. Surely for season one, it was obvious. No, the whole stand community of like sort of idea of like the, the Homelander's <laughs> like sort of like standing up for the right thing and stuff like he's like, the true values and stuff like. That. But there's been a real twist in this season mm. um, of people beginning to realise that Homelander's a baddie. It's about the same people who have just you always see it on Twitter because they're now touring again, Rage Against Machine are touring again. Yes. There's a lot of like sort of like right wing people becoming to realize that Rage Against Machine are a political band who are not on their side, and it's like it's quite a funny thing to see. Like, they're yeah. called Rage Against the Machine, it's it's they got that. Agi- they've got an agenda, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, it's, if you're if you like them and you think they're against your party, you've not been listening to what they're saying, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, I think for their opening track, it's yeah, it is, but really there's a whole, obvious. Um, there's a whole subset of, of like Twitter particularly who like sort of are stunned at Rage Against Machine are now this woke band it's like what? It's like, <laughs> no they were woke before woke was a thing what was a thing yeah, yeah um, know, and uh, I think that's a wee bit thing with um, with the, the boys of people who like sort of just suddenly annoyed that um, this is now a woke show because it's like Homer was a baddie it's like he was always a baddie but like yeah. people are a bit pissed off just now the new Star Trek because Star Trek's been very woke because it's like having mm. like inter-species sort of like 
relationships and they're talking yeah. about like um you know racial things you're going that was the whole point of star trek to begin with yeah. it's like, captain yeah. kirk banged an alien in like episodes fucking seven uh-huh. of the original star trek series and it was always I mean? like a sort of an allegory for things that happened on earth with civil rights and things like that so it's like yeah, it's never, first, it was never first yeah. that was the first on-screen kiss do you know what i mean between yeah. a black woman and a white guy i mean it broke so many barriers back yeah. then and this is people just going oh wait a minute yeah, yeah. but that's so the thing that's happened to boys a lot but i'm enjoying it it's fun it's it's, mm. it's, it's, it's enjoyable to watch i'm not decent through it. i'm watching one maybe two i think i've watched i think i watched two the first time and then i watched one like per day for the last couple of days, so I'm not. I don't feel the odds to push myself through it. What what I found is, um, we we done similar. I think we watched the first two, and then we kind of watched one, and yeah. one, and one, and then we got to the next episode that you're going to watch. Right. Um, we done three back to back because oh, okay. it ramp zero. It's got a big middle. I mean, the, the middle's where it goes out. The middle's oh, okay. the, the, the kind of you know balls to the wall. Here you fucking go. Okay. Um, and then it kind of fades a wee bit in the last one. So it's um, always me, as I feel it's like the, the, yeah. the penultimate episode always seems bigger than the last one. Apart from the other show we talk about now, which is Miss Marvel. Um, it finished up its run today or yesterday, and I watched that today, and it was excellent. It was a really it, a good it finale. Dipped, it dipped in episode five, actually, right. um, but it brought it back for episode six. It's a real cut of like. Spider-Man Two on the train vibe, you know, with like New York standing up for its like this is set in New Jersey, like the people of New Jersey mm. standing up for their for their girl, um, and I just I dug it. It was really sweet. The family are wonderful in it, and like it's just a very different dealing of like we're all we're very used to the idea of like you know the, the tortured hero, you know, having to hide from his family and sort of having to keep everything under wraps and. It's 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 refreshing to see a different side of that, you know, when like you've when there's like a supportive family involved mm. in it, you know, and they sort of like they're they're got our back and stuff like that. So and, and there's a good friend group behind them and stuff like that. They're not trying to hide things and it's just sort of like we're here for you. And it's it's just it's very refreshing and I, I very much enjoyed it. It was and she is wonderful in the role. How do you think um the the character's gonna to translate to the MCU or the I big think you can try well there, I, I I don't want to spoil it. So there's something that happens in the final scene that, that is a major, major thing in the MCU universe that will open up a lot of stuff. Cool, but I mean, do you think she'll fit in with her? Oh, yeah, 100%. She's yeah. absolute, she's a movie star waiting to happen. She's an yeah. absolute charm about her, yeah. And I'm really looking forward to what she does in the big screen. Apparently, it's been the lowest rate, not lowest rate, lowest viewers of any Marvel show. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully in the, the Marvel's movie, she gets a, a platform that people will see it and then, you know, they'll go back to it because it's, it deserves it because she has, she's just pure charm in the whole thing. Why do you think it's rated low? What's your thoughts on that? I think it came out at the same time as Obi-Wan, which I didn't think helped it. You know, it's sort of rather been a prestige show, you know, because Obi-Wan, every other show has been like, the show one show, it finishes, there's a week yeah. gap and then you show the yeah, next one. Yeah, yeah, So that was yeah. odd that they put it on at the same time. Um, and I'd, it's, Sounds bad, but it's usually that play that racist crap of you know, like you know, it's a Muslim superhero. We don't want to watch yeah. that. We want somebody who's been white and named Chris. Um, yeah. like, we don't want to, and that unfortunately is still a thing. People don't want to see it. It's shocking. Um, it's, but, it's stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make any prob- sense. But that's probably part of it as well. Yeah, yeah. You're probably not wrong, dude. Um, but yeah, it's, it's horrible. That we're still dealing with society that there is elements of it that. that I've got well, that, reject that the show. Of... I mean, people rejecting um, 
Captain Marvel gets a woman in his lead role, you know, and it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, chill out. Um, so, yeah, but I, I, for what it was, Mass Marvel, the TV show, I very much enjoyed it and actually looking forward to, I'm like, I like the different vibe I had because it had a different tone from the rest of Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But in a fun way, I thought Moon Knight had a different tone, but I didn't really enjoy Moon Knight quite as much. Mm. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what vibe She-Hulk brings. I'm really hoping for like Ally McBeal with She-Hulk, to be honest. That's kind of the vibe I'm hoping for. That's kind of the way I'm... Or... Looks like it's going to be quite quirky. I've seen the trailer for yeah. it. Um, I've seen and the trailers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, trailers kind of sold me. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of sassy. You know I mean? What's yeah. that? It's just happens to be big green and you know can move houses. But you know, yeah. other than that, you know, it's definitely got that kind of cheeky lawyer. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that as well. I'm looking forward to that one as well. So... On from that to movies this week, you've not got a lot to talk about, so I will battle through some and you can interject as you see fit. Um, so first one is on Paramount Plus and it's called Jerry and Marge Go Large, um, directed by David Frankel, um, who is a director of very interesting sort of... David biop- Frankel? Oh. David Frankel. Oh, Frankel, not, not Dave Frankel. Frankel. Okay. He directed The Devil Wears Prada. Um, All right, okay. Also Hope Springs and the truly terrible, I thought, Collateral Beauty, the one with Will Smith. Could it be one of the one? I mean, it's, it's all they know that they try to prove that everything happens for a reason and it's all that kind of bullshit. No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, it, was, it, was Maybe. Atro- it was genuinely one of the worst cinema experiences I've had. It was to, to... So the one he gets visited by like the kind of spirits? No. Almost. No. Okay. Could it be that one? I don't, I can't remember. But be, I do remember that. <laughs> I remember sitting through, I'm sure I was sitting you back with me. I'm sitting through me with going, this is fucking awful. And it just that time, at that time, Will Smith just didn't have it. You know, whatever he had, he'd lost mm. for a while there. You know, just like this is this is a bad TV. If I think um, of the same movie, I think I actually enjoyed it. Sorry, I did. did you? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. I think, um, this one's a very simple story. It's, like, it's a retired couple, and they're a bit bored with life because they're retired and not really got much to do. But particularly the guy who is um, a bit of a kind of math savant. You know, he sort of he worked at the Kellogg's factory all his life, and he, he knew how he worked figures. Anyway, one day he was he's doing the sort of the, the, the local lottery and he works out there's a, a flaw in the lottery that if you bet enough, you'll always win as long as you don't win the jackpot, essentially. But you win enough okay. on what you put on, if it rolls over, you've got, you've got to roll over, it's a thing, you've got to roll over, you've got to roll over at a certain point, then it won't roll over again. And if you put enough tickets on but don't win, you'll make more money back that way. And it's, 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 it's not cheating, it's just a mathematical sort of, Odds in favour. That's basically like counting cards. It's not cheating. But it's not, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so he does this. They win. Then that state decides to stop that lottery for, for not because the NBA decides to stop it. So there's a the boss. Uh, Massachusetts does the same thing. They're the same game. So they're travelling every week, every third or fourth week across country to put like it starts out as like you know two thousand lottery tickets on and they win like four thousand back. Eventually they get the whole town involved. They're living. It's a bit of town. It's about seen better days. And they start as a business where everyone puts like a shareholder, puts five hundred pounds into every every month. They all put money on and they start winning money and money and money and money, and they end up winning something like twenty seven million over the course of like fucking like about six to eight months or something like that. And wow. at the same time, there's a Harvard University who are doing it as well because these kids are doing it as a sort of a experiment as well. And they're the bad because they're doing it for all the wrong reasons, just to make money and prove they can do it. Whereas the, our heroes are doing it to help the town out because all the money they make. They don't keep it, they give it to the town. You know, so okay. they're, they're building so it's a, Is this a true story? It's a, it's a true story, yes. Well. Uh, and, but by all accounts, it holds pretty true to what the true story is. 
Um, so it's very intriguing. So you get Brian Cranston and Annette Benning playing the married couple who are doing all the stuff. Uh, Rain Wilson plays basically um, the clerk in the, the convenience store who's giving them all the lottery tickets, who's like sort of shutting his shop so they can print off. It takes them literally, if they, if they put tickets on, they have to put on something like 50,000 tickets. It takes three days to do all the tickets. They're, they're sort of in the shop for just doing tickets. And tick- then they have to wow. check them all. They have to get all the winners and take all the winners over yeah. and stuff like that. And they have to keep the losers as well because they're trying to keep an audit trail so they can prove they're not doing it nefariously. It is literally a business they're running. Um, yeah. He pops in as well. Larry Wilmore pops up in as well. And Anna Camp from Pitch Perfect um, is in it as well. She plays uh, the daughter. Um, this is very... It's a very sweet, charming family comedy. There's there's no real peril throughout. You know, it's, you feel yeah. you've, you've nothing but good wealthy people are doing it. But every step they take, it's for good reasons. You know, they don't want to do it just to make money. They want to do it to help their town. So you're like, well, I'm with them. And they're not breaking the law. So you're like, going, well, there's, there's, there's literally no loser in this. Yeah. You know? So yeah, they're, like, they're not, yeah, they're winning money that's there to be yeah. win. And yeah, they're smart yeah. enough to figure it out. So there's just that. Yeah. Um, Cranston and Benning, the very believable couple, you know, they work well together. She's got a better yeah. reduced role. She's it's unfortunately one of those roles that are written for a female character. And then you've got Annette Benning playing, you go, why bring in Annette Benning to play that role? You know, it's like yeah. she's better than that. You know, she's 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 a star, you know, she's commands camera attention. I she, think yeah. she calms Warren Beatty. That's how and that's how powerful Annette Benning is. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> that takes power and prowess, you know. Um <laughs> So it's almost a role you either have to bring in a more B or C list actor or at least beef up the role enough to make it, you know, worthy of that. Yeah. That's unfortunately something that happens a lot in these kind of films. Yeah. Um, there's a whole third act where the, the Harvard villains get put in and it feels a bit forced in order to bring some sort of drama to it. Because yeah. there really isn't any drama before it. You're just yeah. quite happy from to get away with it. Um, yeah. But it's a nice like, sort of like bank holiday Hallmark. It's, it's, it's pitched between like British bank holiday BBC movie and a Hallmark movie. It's sort of in the middle of that kind of thing. You know, it's just sort of, it's lovable. It's nice. It's charming. There's no real peril. And it's just, it's just a nice film you can watch with. Fuzzy and, fuzzy and warm. Yeah. You don't dislike anyone. And everyone seems very happy. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's insanely white. I think there's only one kind of colour in the whole movie. Um, yeah. But it is, it is a charming enough film. And it's, for what it was, we watched it on a Friday night. You know, it's pissing down outside, and it just it was nice to watch. Um, on the lottery, just a wee garden path. So, um, one of the jobs I worked in, um, was in a call center, still working a call center, it's sad. Um, <laughs> but, um, one of the campaigns that the call center had was for the National Lottery, um, hey. Camelot, and mm-hmm. they had their own secret room, um, Ooh. that. It was like locked and stuff like that, and only they were allowed in, and they weren't allowed to talk about it. Mm. Um, they weren't allowed to put on the lottery, and uh-huh. their family members yep. weren't allowed to put it on either. And one of the guys was was a friend of mine. And whenever I asked him, I'd say, "Is it fixed? You know, is it right?" He'd be like, "I can't tell you. He, he wouldn't tell me That's anything like, at all about it." Is that what you say? No. <laughs> You, yeah, exactly. Fact he gives any sort of answer that's not no is makes exactly. You feel- exactly, and ever since then, I'm like, there's more to this shit than you know. Let, let, I can understand, but not letting an employee yes. do the lottery. But you know, like their cousin, for example, wasn't allowed to do. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that, and I'm like, hold on, man. All of this is adding up to shenanigans. Do, do you know what I mean? It, it just gets me thinking, and then let you know. I can't tell you anything about it. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm asking if it's fucking rigged. No, I can't tell you. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, man, mm. I, it's funky. It's funky, dude. You, you, I, I, 
you know me, I'm I'm not into conspiracy theories and shit like that, but that just that that rattled me, man. I was like, man, the, the shit get on there. That seems almost like a guy who's wanting to say something to make it sound like his job's more important as well. I feel yeah, like no, was, that's how they put it. Good, good guy, man. Proper good guy. Like, yeah, I'd vouch for him, man. Yeah, for sure, dude, for sure. You know, okay. not, not the kind of guy to, to fuck you about or string you along for the sake of it. Do you know what I mean? He's, nah, man, I've always kind of thought, that's odd. That's <laughs> odd, man. It's odd. <laughs> Suffice to say, I don't do the lottery. <laughs> yeah, I still do the lottery. And I feel I'm now too deep in it now that I feel like I've been doing it for so long that if I stop doing it now, I'll, I'll be. My numbers will come up and I'll be resentful for life that my numbers come up and I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a one that week, so yeah. See, I, they've I've got always... you, man. They've got you, but balls, that's it. That's, yeah, um... that's unfortunately part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. I do still dream about winning the lottery, but you know, and I've got plans of what I would do if I win the yeah. lottery. Just you hope is that I win the lottery and give you something. That's what your hope is now. No, no, I ain't like it. See, if I win the lottery, I'm not giving anybody anything. I'm, not even me. No one did. So I'm the 256 podcast, you want to throw me a little bit? You never see me again. You'd be like, that's just a podcast. This is, guy. I don't know what happened to him. This has changed the dynamic of a relationship very considerably, <laughs> I won't lie. I will drop off, off the now. face of the earth. So I've had arguments with people about this, man. Like, you wouldn't, I'd be like, no, you'd, you'd never see me again. You'd, that'd be it. I'd be gone. You'd be like, calling who? Do you know what I mean? And then six weeks later, I'll be washed up full of heroin needles and drugs and all sorts. That's, this this is slightly <laughs> upsetting now to me. Um, but yeah, Jenny Margot Large, it's on Paramount Plus, and I would give it a very solid 7 out of 10. So, ooh, that's quite a good score for, yeah, for some, some light Sunday viewing. Very view. light Sunday viewing, but it's very charming mm. Sunday viewing. And it, I would say it, what it sets out to do, it does very well. And I'm, I'm always in favour of that, you know. Don't try and be cool. more, you're not. But like I said, it, it does try and jump through some hoops towards the end to try and give you a bit of drama and I really I don't think there was much drama in it to be honest it was yeah. just a clever guy not even a, he's not a, he's, a, he's a smart guy he's not a genius he's just a clever guy who figures something out yeah no what yeah, um, I'd, I'd give you 50 quid okay right there you go thank you that's all I'm asking, all right, I'm asking. okay 50 quid take, take dinner. I'll, I'll even take a really right, good I'll, dinner okay I'll, I'll pay for a dinner for you yeah thank you that's, I won't I take you, I'll, I'll, I'll be in Hawaii, so I won't take you, but I'll pay you for can pay for my dinner. dinner. Yeah, I can bill you okay. my dinner. Go on, second movie of the night is one that you did watch and you told me to watch. Um, and it has a film called Sundown, which is available on Sky Cinema. This one is directed by Mikhail Franco. No relation to Dave or James, <laughs> uh, as may be your next question. Um, directed a couple of films called Chronic and April's Daughter. Um, it's a very odd film, this one. It's... Um, Family on in holiday, um, basically they're sort of living quite an affluent life. It appears, but they don't seem to be particularly engaged with each other. But anyway, in the first opening moments of the film, they get a phone call, basically saying that someone has died. It's yeah. mother who's the, the grandmother or mother of people who's passed away. Um, so the family all sort of retreat to go away to, to go and be with the, the rest of the family. Um, at the airport, the father realizes he's not got his passport, um, and then Scott says he says sends him in the plane and he'll go and just get his passport and go on the next flight. Um, basically, he's not got he's lying. He's 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 not lost his passport. He sort of wants to stay behind for for reasons. Yeah. Essentially, the film unfolds as to the reasoning as to why he doesn't want to be with his. She's sister. You don't think that was later on. I, I, I was asking his wife, to be honest, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And then that was his kids. But um, so, yeah, so they essentially, he's like, why he wants to sort of isolate himself from his family. Um, that all becomes apparent as it, and some twists and turns as to what happens when, when that becomes apparent. Um, and the film, you've got Tim Roth playing the, the main sort of the main guy in it. Um, Charlotte Gainsborough plays his sister. Uh, Albertine McMillan. 
Albertini plays McMillan. She plays uh, the sort of other love interest in it, which I thought was a great. She's a really sort of Spanish name, and then she got McMillan. I'm like, it's a very odd name, but yeah. <laughs> um, and you got Samuel Bottomley um, pops up in it as well. Um, what do you think of this one, Colin? Did you suggest this one? Um, I'm so sorry, I did. Uh, <laughs> so um, I watched this, and, and based on God, it's. So you know when you're in a bookshop and you read the blurb on a book and you think that sounds great. Well, this point, is yes. why this is why I watched this film. So the, the blurb was like, you know, while, while in holiday, a family are besieged by a tragic event, and I just thought it was going to be like, um, what was the one with you and McGregor where they were on holiday and the big tsunami came and yeah, impossible. impossible. I was, yeah. I thought I was settling in to watch the Impossible or something like that. <laughs> Um, this takes slow burn and, and plays it in slow-mo. Um, yeah. It's painful. It, within five minutes, I was itching to stop. Um, and I you, you persevered with this, so we did persevere with Chip and Dale. That's just really upsetting. That was still. utter nonsense. <laughs> um, it was just so, so, so slow. Um, honestly, I was... I would, I would say by, by 10 minutes in, uh, that you know, I was fucking despairing, um, mm. but I pretty much figured out why he didn't want to go, why mm. he was staying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I basically figured out the movie within 10 minutes of watching it. Mm. But I had to suffer. Now, the one saving grace of the film is that the runtime was under an hour and a half. I think it was mm. 78 minutes. 78, 78 minutes, yeah. Felt like fucking 278 minutes. Um, but it was mercifully short. Um, and it was just, a, you know, a 70-minute slog to get to what I kind of knew anyway. Right. It just felt... It was like a bunch of kind of privileged assholes um, being privileged assholes yeah. and me having to sit and watch them being privileged assholes for, for that whole period. Um, nothing interesting happens at all. Um, Tim Roth is, is a, he's, he's a better actor than this. Um, Charlotte Gainsborough is definitely a better actress than this. Um, it, was, it was just mind-numbingly doubted. Um, it just would not stop. <laughs> and then when it did, I, I was strangely numb and heavy and lethargic afterwards. Um, I hated it. What did you think? <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with what you're saying. Um, I think I did enjoy it more than you. I got something more from it. Because it's not really, it's not, I would say, an enjoyable film in many ways. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It is, so, it, like you said, it's a very slow burner. Um, it is a kind of ruminating and very thoughtful drama that ponders life. Much like you, I sort of seen what the what the end would be um, before it happened. So you, the almost the stuff that happens in between when you figure it out, which is about maybe 25 minutes to half an hour in possibly, you are sort of waiting for the next like sort of 50 minutes to see why that is important, you know, or, or what's happening between now and then it's going to basically ultimately end the story. Um, yeah. I thought Tim Roth was very good in it. Um, it brings a real sadness to Ron. He feels that, that sort of, you can see, because in the film they're supposed to be like billionaires, like sort of like, like mud up yeah. level rich. Yeah, but he plays it like you cannot, you can like, you can see why he would be mistaken on the beach for an absolute sad sack. You know, just sort of like mm. a normal guy. He has, he does play that role, but you also see there's a moments when he does play that he has got money. But, he, but I think that if, I think the problem is, is Tim Roth can do hang dog in his sleep. Do you know what I mean? He can. That is his yes. thing, and that's all it was. This it was almost a caricature of Tim Roth acting like, you Tim know. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he didn't figure out what was happening in the first 20 minutes, the story does twist and turn to the point you are kind of wondering where it's going to go. 
but I, I would be surprised if anybody didn't figure it out. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite a sad film. Um, it, it is poignant, um, but it's definitely not for everyone. And I would say, even yeah. my attention, even at 79 minutes, it did waver yeah. quite a bit at points. Yeah. You know, I did sort of find myself almost like the eyes start going towards the phone almost, or you start pausing up to make a cup of coffee or something like that. You don't, yeah. you don't feel fully engaged. Um, with it, um, and I think that does say a lot about it. Um, yeah. It's like I said, I, I reading the blurb as well. I sort of, I sort of felt it might be a different film as well. I wasn't expecting impossible, yeah. but I was expecting something more. I was expecting maybe almost something a bit like that Owen Wilson one, No Escape. Remember the one when he sort of like, yeah, yeah, something a bit more kind of drama, some action maybe. It does say thriller, doesn't it? And in, in the title, yeah, that's it, sort of, it's yeah. really, really not a thriller. You know, it's yeah. definitely a character study, um, yeah. very, very slow burn character study. Um, I, I found myself throughout the movie because I'd made Lorraine watch it as well, apologising. Like I felt like <laughs> making her a voice. I was like, I'm so sorry. I made, did um, Jill watch it as well? She did. She was not paying attention. Um, <laughs> the, remember the Jesse Plemons filmed out earlier this year, Windfall, when it sort of had that kind of. Mm. It felt like mm-hmm. it was, that seemed to tackle the same thing slightly better. I would say in a sort of more engaging. Yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. kind of almost touching on the same themes and the same ideas. Um, but just it, at times it almost felt like well, a lot of the times is that they would have these really lingering artsy shots mm. fuck it all almost yeah. like that makes it an artsy film and it's yeah. like no it doesn't you know it's like pointing the camera at a sunset and a beach for two minutes doesn't make it you know a high that's the point to this that's where function yeah, to this yeah, yeah and, and there's there's not what it, it makes Mexico look Beautiful and dangerous, um, mm. which we know anyway. Um, and I mean, I mean, I won't take away and say that the cinematography was, you know, it was lovely. You know, you kind of the beach and stuff like that was all well shot, but it, it, it's just, it's not even art for the sake of art. So, I mean, it's artist shots with no context, as you say. There's like, you know, and you know, this is artist shot transition to anything or anything. Yeah. So, no, it, it doesn't. It's just, you know, it's just a, a a long and short of someone's face or a beach, and then on to the next scene. We almost feel like they try and extend the runtime, you know, because it felt like yeah, they were running yeah. short at uh-huh. certain times. You got it, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yes, well done. Um, so I think both of us maybe feel it, was, it, it had the right premise ideas and it had sort of it had a lot of pieces that should have worked, you know, the cast and everything, yeah, but just never really came together and really was very unengaging as opposed to being yeah. sort of really drawn you into the story. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think when you're dealing with like kind of high society socialites and millionaires and stuff like that, you need that sense of excitement and danger. Like, um, what was the one we watched where they kidnapped the kid and tortured them and stuff like that? The... Taken? No, the, no, the one that Kevin Spacey dropped out of. Because oh, all the money in the world. Stuff like that. You know, it's like it's hard to sympathize with rich people anyway. Um, so you know, it's got to give you something to, to get you on board with them. And this right. just didn't do it with us. You're just like I don't care about you rich yeah. fucking upper crust people because I have there's nothing in my life yeah. that you know can compare. Whereas we go ones like you know, all the money in the world, there's an element of danger and action that kind of moves you with it. Whereas for this, it's just like I just don't care what happens to you people. Um Maybe that's just maybe maybe I'm a too much of a socialist. I don't know. Yeah, too much a socialist. But um, <laughs> I, I support you in your socialism. Um, about ten, what are you giving it? Two. Oh, harsh. I give it a six. 
I was going to give it a one, and I thought some of the, the beaches look nice, so I gave it a two for that. And I really liked the, the, the restaurant where you were in the water. That was cool. That looked really cheap, and I think I'd hate that. I hate the beach yeah. and I hate the beach. Like when things oh, I hate away. the be- I hate the beach and I hate sand getting my feet, but I figured if I was was on the beach then really cool if there was water to wash the sand away, but then I had to get sand walking back to mm. from the beach anyway. So yeah. Meh. Do you remind me of when I was watching it? Remember that film Lost Daughter that was out this year, the one with um you- McAvoy? No. No, it was the one with um oh Dakota Johnson. The daughter goes missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with Jesse Buckley playing. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. A wee bit, but even that was more engaging because you had... Yeah, but as with this, as I say, it's just like, just meanders, you know. It's, as you said, you, you know what's going to happen. Mm. And it's just this big fucking segment of, you know, endless, endless longing shots. Yeah. Buckle happening to get to a point where you're like, yeah, no. Um, do you know what I mean? It's just it, uh, it made me quite angry. Let's say it honestly, I must have apologised for it about ten times. Do you know what I mean? Just I'm so sorry. I made you watch this, and you know I could see that Lorraine. He's like used to be Jill, just no interest. I mean, itching to play with a phone, and you know, fucking looking anywhere but the screen. Uh, and I felt like a heel for making her watch it. Let me pick the phones now, on call. Let me pick the phones. I never really done a bad, a bad pass. Anyway, um, <laughs> on to the last film of the night. Um, that's one I've watched. You've not seen, but I know you want to see it, and that's a film called Nitrum. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Which is directed by Justin Curzel. Or Curzel. Mm. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that. Um, done films like Assassin's Creed and Macbeth, the one with Fastbender. But I think the film we both love him for is The True History of the Kelly Gang. Mm. Um, which I thought was a, I think we both thought was an absolutely phenomenal um, film. Brilliant film, yeah. yeah. Um, the plot of this one is a very dark matter. It's a, it's a true story. It's based, It's sort of it's based around the Port Arthur massacre in Tasmania in 1994, I think it this was. Is, yeah, this is recent shit. You know, yeah. this is, you know, a new lifetime shit, yeah. Particularly horrendous. It was 96. Maybe 96. It was the same year as Dunblane. That was 96. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the same year as Dunblane. Because yeah. um, I actually referenced that in the, in the film. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's basically it's following the, the, the guy who perpetrates that. Um, massacre. Um, Nitrum is he's, he's a, um, a nickname. People give him a sort of a, a condescending nickname that he doesn't really like. Um, and it's basically following his life from basically him leaving school up into the point of the massacre. Um, and it sort of follows his life with his father, with his mother, and with an, another relationship that he has with a sort of wealthy benefactor. Um, and it shows you the things that led up to him, supposedly the reasoning he gave and, and sort of psychology looked into as to why he he done what he did. He, he done, killed like, yeah. thirty-five people, wasn't it? it was and, massive. Uh, injured a lot more. Yeah, Aye, yeah. Just, it's a horrendous attack. Yeah, yeah. absolutely horrendous yeah. attack. Um, yeah. And if we got Caleb Landry Jones, who we're both big fans of, he plays the the, um, the Nitrum. Um, you've got the Who's Who of Aussie cinema. After that, you've got Judy Davis, um, Anthony Lapaglia doing his own accent, which is very really here. Um, Lapaglia well, normally yeah. does American I'm, accent. So. I'm actually surprised. It's just this is me just realizing he's Australian. Yeah, big Aussie. A, a Kiwi, yeah. yeah. No, he's an wow. He's from Aussie, Melbourne. Wow. He's also a big Rangers fan as well, apparently. Um, but yeah, he's um, Anthony Pagli is a, he's, I think he's Greek, Scottish or something like that. That's the kind of link up he's got. So, he's, he was American because no. he does American, like an American. Yeah. I think he's one of those guys who, a bit, a bit like um, Ewan McGregor, when he's told to do his own accent, he almost has to like work at it because he's not done it for so long that he's moved away from it for so long. Yeah. Um, 
So he doesn't, he very really hear him do his own accent, but he doesn't necessarily mm. speak him with his own accent. Kilmandra Jones, interestingly, is from Texas, and he nails the Aussie accent really well. He's a great um, actor, though. Yeah. He's, that, that boy's a phenomenon to us. Essie yeah. um, Davis and also Sean Keane uh, are in it as well. So this is this is not an easy watch. It's, it's a very tough watch. Um, it, it's a very dark, disturbing delve into the psyche of what is a very troubled mind. Mm. Um what I was happy about with it, it doesn't try to condone it or sort of say this is reasoning. It doesn't do that, which I think is a That's big what problem. I was going to I was going to ask is is it trying to give no, it's either way an very, opinion of right, no, wrong, you know, we no. understand we don't, you know, no, no that's good. That's very good. unapologetic towards him. It's not trying to make him out to be some sort of like forgotten hero who's just sort of cracked under the strain of the world and you know, turn him into some sort of like, you know you know, white saviour type thing, definitely doesn't do that. Mm. It definitely portrays him as he was, which is, yes, disturbed, yes, an angry man by, by, mm. all, by all stretch, but given a lot more opportunity than most people are given in life um, but, in, yeah. um, in many ways. So, and it felt this sense of entitlement that he had um, was tipped over there by just a few little things. You go like, that's something you've got to move on from. But anyway, that's... Something else. Um, Andrew Jones captures that awkward creepiness of him because that's what people always said about him even before these attacks happened. He was a very creepy guy, he had a weird kind of energy about him. Um, and Landry Jones does that well, he does, he has odd energy, you know, very sort of yeah. just, just offsetting. And you feel like you wouldn't really want to be alone in a room with him, you feel like he's yeah. you know, weird way, and he captures that really well. Um, I so feel I kind of feel for Kale Landry Jones because he's a phenomenal actor, but he is unfortunately suited to fucking horrible roles and horrible yeah. characters like this. And that's the face Yeah, yeah. You you're compelled to watch him, but you know, like say, he plays these horrible characters so well and yeah. you don't like him for it, but you've got to appreciate that, you know, he's that character that you don't like, and uh-huh. you don't like the character because he's embraced it and became it so much. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Happ- again, happily, the conclusion does build to the event, but it doesn't show it, which I thought was important. I don't think you need yeah. to see that. It's no. not. It's not. That comes into more like a like an action thriller, almost mm. a bit like um, that one that was on Netflix, the June twenty second one about the Norwegian shooting. Yeah, yeah, our Hotel Mumbai stuff like that. Yeah, where, so know, it, it, it sensationalizes. Yes, possibly, and, and it almost makes the event itself sort of like like an event to sort of like be intrigued by, rather than just going, "This is this yeah. is horrible" because it's, it's yeah. just horrendous. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's it's a it's a tough watch, but it's a very I think it's a worthwhile watch. I, I very much got something from it. I didn't feel too completely good after watching it. You know, it's it feels it does ebb into your soul. You do feel dirty and nasty after watching it and because of a really good director and that he, he continues to intrigue me not just the fact how he made this film which i thought he'd, he'd done a lot of um empathy empathy towards the victims and empathy towards the situation but not towards the killer himself mm. um, and does it in a way that's in, in not way and exploitative is which i thought yeah. was really impressive which also, is hard to do it's, it's not an easy thing to do as well he's an aussie directing an aussie film and it's a film yeah. that people in the show are still very raw about you know, same when he'd done the true history of the Kelly gang, people didn't like him doing that film because he, he sort of showed it. He doesn't know if it, it might not be true or not, but it seems more realistic than what the Aussie mindset of who Ned Kelly was. Because he's of, a folk hero almost, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a Robin Hood. Whereas this, this film showed you, no, he was the fucking cold blooded murderer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That caused a lot of pain and hurt. Yeah. And this film tackled that head on. 
Yeah. Even stuff in that film where he has them, they have them dressed up in like women's clothes, mm. and people were shocked and stunned. You know, like we can't have our national hero dressing about like a transvestite. Kind of going like, no, but that's what they, that's he's I he's, he's not Australian. He's Irish. Yeah, you know, he's Irish yeah. family, Irish blood. That's yeah. what they did as a sort of like a way to intimidate. So why wouldn't he do it? So it yeah. makes sense. So he and that and same with this, he, he's making a film on Home Tough. This film we discussed in the Aussie Parliament at one point. People were very angry to get it made. Um, oh. So I think it's brave of me to, to tackle this and to tackle it in a way and to bring it to the screen that's it's certainly not in a way that I think maybe the fears were to be sort of like sensationalising, like you said, the event, because there's a lot, there's tons of that shit on Netflix now where just like, so, yeah. you know, they, it's, it's, you know, it's grief porn, essentially, you know, and people... You don't need, it. yeah, you don't need to watch the act of the event to understand the impact yeah. and the consequences yeah. of it. You, you don't, and I, it's something I actively avoid, do you know what I mean? It's shit like that. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not interested, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can fucking see and read and I'm perfectly mm-hmm. aware of the impact it has on, you know, society. But, yeah. And yeah. I think more the worrying thing when you watch it, you can, you could substitute the Kilbran and the Jones character, the Nitrum character for the guy who shot up that school in America recently, you know, the Texas one, or, you know, mm-hmm. the Columbine kids, or indeed yeah. the, the the guy who shot Dumbledore, that you could you could mm. easily, unfortunately, swap them around and make them the same character. You know, there's a certain there's a trope to it, and and this explores that, um, yeah. as to why these people are so angry and why they are so. But again, not bringing it out to say they were right to do this because look how angry they are. No one helped them. This guy mm. had help available and didn't. Yeah, I think I'd mentioned last week we were kind of chatting about it and I was saying the, the, the actual, I, I kind of read about it on Wikipedia and stuff from you about kind of articles and stuff. And yeah, so just to kind of give anyone listening um, <laughs> a rough kind of early. So, so this guy basically got involved romantically with like a kind of millionaire kind of. It's woman. not romantic, it's, it's very much, it's not, like I said, as I heard, there's a Harold and Maud situation. It's, a sort right. of, it's almost a platonic love, essentially, they right. have. Right. But she basically gave him all this money, pandered to all his needs and whims, yeah. and basically funded funded his Life. massacre. Yeah. yeah. And, and ultimately massacre. Yeah. yeah. So the, the the story itself is fucking, you know, bizarre and absolutely crazy. Anyway, and as yeah. you say, it's, it's a guy that, you know, he had opportunity to, you know, don't go down that path. And... Aye. It's, it's a tough watch, yeah. tough watch, yeah. and it's one of those films that you've, we've seen it a few times. We go to cinema and you see a film, and you just you walk out in silence. You know, you just you can feel that energy. You know, it's like yeah. Spotlight or um, yeah. Daniel my Blake. Is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah Daniel like, Blake stuff like yeah, yeah. My name is Joe stuff for like that. Yeah, ah, yeah. you walk and you go like Jesus. That was you feel you went through a kind of emotional ringer watching it, and you, and you know because this ultimately you know where this ends. You know where this film where it stops. You know what that stopping point is. Yeah. It's ultimately a, a, a particularly yeah. horrendous event. Um, yeah, I really do want to see it. Not not because I want to sensationalise on what happened. Um, you know, I, I do think it's you know we've got to understand hmm. why why these people are doing that. How yeah. can we stop it? You know, what what obviously in America a lot to to do with gun control and stuff like that. But in places like Australia and Britain and stuff like that, where there is tighter gun control, that's a really odd thing. There's a bit of a kind of code at the end. You're bringing stuff up on screen. Mm. And they said, like, in the wake of this disaster or this massacre, there was, um, I'm sure you're past stringent gun laws within 12 days of the match, which is what it should be done. And then it said at the end of it, as of 2022, there is double the amount of guns in Australia than there was in 1996. Okay. Which I think maybe the point of that is that maybe either A, there's still a problem with guns, or B, it can always look at the way go, maybe in the hands of the right people. Yeah. You know, also, as well, if 
there's X amount of guns in a country and you suddenly say you can't have guns anymore, all the guns that are there aren't just going to disappear. Do you know what I mean? You have an amnesty. That's what happened in Britain yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, but aye, but it's like maybe this idea of like it's not so much about taking it away. Maybe that's what you're trying to make to the Like, no one's trying to take your gun away. All they're trying mm. to say is maybe not everyone needs to have access to it. At, you know, with no license, with no identification and stuff yeah, like that. And, and you shouldn't be able to buy a gun when you're shopping for groceries. Do you know what I mean ah. you can't go buy a box of conflicts and I'll take a fucking you know yeah. forty-five caliber fucking. Smith and Wesson as well. Do you know I mean exactly. that, that shouldn't be a thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try and make. So I give this film a very, very solid eight out of ten. It, it's definitely, mm. I said, it's not for everyone. It's it's a tough watch. It's a mm. tragic watch, um, mm. and maybe not one you want to watch if you're in a particularly low place because it's, yeah. it's it's a tough one to watch and to see where this where this guy comes from and goes. But it's it's definitely yeah. it does the job. I think the, the director set out to do. We just start discussion about this. It, it, it which it, yeah, this is what's needed. You know. Um, Especially now, as, as films that are going to make, you know, especially the kind of politicians and parliament and stuff like that, go, well, wait a minute, you know, what is this? And get talking yeah. about it. Be, be it good or bad talks, you know, but either way, it's got, it's got to get on the table. Um, sadly, I'm, I'm not going to get to see it in the cinema, I don't think, no. because it's, it's got a very, again, this is a problem as well, is it's got a very limited release. So very. it's got a minimal audience um, when it should have. Annoyingly, it had a. Um, could we both subscribe to Cineworld and it had like a one of those advanced preview things yeah. you know they never, they never, I never actually get shown general release problem with Cineworld and big chains though is it's the, 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 the shite bags they're scared um, you know like the Muslim film recently or the Hindu one where it was you know that, that was banned you know because it, it pissed off a few yeah a few it's, not, it's not it's like why give it a, why give it a, a, a screening of like yeah. sort of advanced preview and then not release it yeah, um, yeah. then so, it's that one you know the Emma Thompson one recently the good luck to you Leo Grand um, again give it a, give it an advanced preview for everybody to go and watch it who are like sort of Cineworld holders and watch it yeah. perhaps screening they not give it a general release. It seems a very yeah, odd business model. Silly, Again, I think it's just, it's... They can sell Thorn, they can sell Top Gun easier, yeah. so they decided to use more screens for that. Yeah, so that one is purely commercial. It's money, but, but you know, one, one's like Nitram. It's, you know, it's like, you know, fucking grow up here. This stuff's important. You know, don't hide behind fucking superheroes and Marvel. You know, let, you know, I think this was a, I think this was a money decision as well. I think they wanted to keep, they wanted to show Top Gun to more people. I think that yeah. was it. Yeah. money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely worth a watch if you get a chance to watch it. Um, it'll probably be on Amazon or one of your streaming sites at some point soon. And I will, I will watch it for sure. <laughs> um, that's all for this week. Next week is an interesting week. Again, not a lot in the cinema this week again because of you know big films are taking up the yeah. screen. You do have the very lovely re- the Railway Children Return, which is the sequel to the Railway Children. It's fifty five years later. Yeah, yeah, big big stretch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jenny back. Has there been adaptations nope. since? Maybe this adaptations is... of the original, but no, this is this is falling on from the original film. Mm. So Jenny Agutter back, but she's now playing, I think, the grandmother, essentially, rather than one of the kids. Still would. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming she'll keep a clothes on in this one, but I mean, either way, I'm, I'm not yeah. going to complain if she doesn't. I love Jenny Agutter. <laughs> um, she's American Wheel from London. She's um, She's awesome. She's Jenny, I got her for fuck's sake. She's, she's a Agatha, British yeah. institution, yeah. Yeah, yeah she is. Yeah. She's wholly British, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I feel like Kate Beckinsale was her, like, sort of um, new version of her. Just sort of, like, the wholly Ooh. British, but just complete badassness to her. Oh. Um, I'll, I'll go back to you on that one. I'll, I'll give you an answer, an answer on that next week. 
Possibly a uh, thingy who played um, Hilly Atwell as well. Feels to have the same vibe about it as well. Possibly Lily James. Going to say Lily about as well. Crowd Prejudice and Zombies, remember? She was... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe we're there. Um, driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, right, so also, we have a bunch of stuff on Netflix. Netflix heavy, so you can... I know you're, you're not out and about much this week, so quickly you can watch here. One is called Persuasion, which is Jane Austen meets Fleabag um, with Dakota Johnson. It looks... Is it a period piece? It's a period piece. You're not going to like it. No, I'm out. You know, I'm, not okay. to, I'm not going to watch a period piece. Yeah, no. it's I'm it's not it's doing it. I don't um, like period pieces. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. What, what era is a period piece? Do you like if it's 1950s period piece? 50s is okay. That's that's okay. I, I don't like costume dramas, should I say. But if you're wearing a, like a 1950s uniform, that's a costume drama. <sighs> it's a suit. I, I don't like ruffs and corsets and fucking okay. pointy shoes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, you also got Uma, which is a horror film that's um, Sandro oh. um, horror film. It's like um, it's American made, but it's kind of very, very based around like Korean lore. So that looks quite interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah Korean horror is usually good. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. Uma. And mm-hmm. also this week is a sort of action adventure thriller spy one uh, from the Russo brothers called The Grey Man. That's got. Uh, Chris Evans, it's got Ryan Gosling, it's got Anna de Armas in it, so it's got it's got all the cast in it. A big cast in the Russo brothers. Seldom fail to disappoint. Cherry. What is it? Cherry. You want to see Cherry? No, I don't think that was so. the first film post Endgame, um, and it was um, who was in it? Tom Holland plays this like sort of returning war veteran with drug issues who robs banks. It was an interesting book. The film. Oh, is that the one that was an anthology? It was all different stories that no. tied them together. No, no, I'm thinking the other one, aren't I? Right. right. Okay. Cool. Right. Okay. It, it was. It was um, underwhelming. We'll put it that way. Remember. Okay. 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 Um, but that's us for next this week. What you tell me? What you find this calls uh, number three, beers in the movie, and we're on Gmail. Whenever I get emails, somebody send me an email. Richard, send me an email just so I can see. We don't even check email We can be getting hundreds of emails you don't even know because I don't know the email address. Okay, no, I, exactly. I just told everyone else what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm going to check it tonight. Yeah. Um, we're on Facebook. It's funny because I'm not on any social media at all anymore. Um, <laughs> For <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, look us up and tell me I'm an idiot. Go on. Um, everyone should, because I'm an idiot. Um, if you do, I'll give you a fiver when I win the lottery. There you go. There's, there's an incentive right there. Okay. You still get you still get lunch, don't worry. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, it's better for dinner <laughs> to lunch now. That's, that's disappointing. <laughs> I've been calling. You've been... Richard. Three beers in a movie.